Today, we are talking about a topic that I personally think every human experiences at some point in their life, but this is coming directly from an email we received this last week from a woman who has shifted into the mom role with Mm. young kids at home. And she said, I don't even recognize myself anymore. Wow. So we're talking about an identity shift, what that feels like, Mm. and, and how do you find identity again? And what is identity in that aspect? So welcome to the Connection Codes podcast. This is the podcast where we break open our emotions that take us from being disconnected to connected in our relationships and with ourselves. I am your host, Tara Wages, and joining me is a marriage and family therapist, clinical sexologist, Dr. Glenn Hill, and his incredible wife, Phyllis, who together they have founded the Connection Codes which is the guide to human connection. And we're so glad you're here. Hello, world. We're glad you're here, too. Hi, friends. Yes. So good to be back together. We've had a couple of weeks off and enjoyed the sun and the beach. And I did the beach and a cruise back to back. Yes, we did. Yes. And it was so refreshing and fun and special. Uh, We got to go with several of our kids and do different things with them, which is always just such a treasure and uh, super fun this time because while we were out, we got to see some connection coders, which was so cool. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah, we we went to Grand Turks in the Caribbean and got to see a couple that had come in for one of our intensives, yep. um, Christina and James. And just that was so fun yeah. to be somewhere else in the world and get to be loved on and mm. to also love on them. Yeah. And yeah. then and they're remarkable people. Yes. And I would encourage people to put that on your bucket list to go to Turks and Caicos. Absolutely. Uh, water in the ocean like I've never seen. Yes. Uh, and Incredible. we found stuff on the beach that um, we were just startled yeah. continuously. It was amazing. It was so fun. Yeah. yeah. And then when we got back uh, to Orlando, we rented a car and we went and saw Christina and Brian Perotti. Krista, Brian. sorry, Krista and Brian. Yeah. And it was so cool just being with them in their home. And they also came to the intensive last year. So just love that when we can yeah. further relationships, love on people and then have them love on us and get to see them in their home. It was so fun. Yeah. It is just cool just to see this community, you know, in their element mm-hmm. too, and, and get to just like meet people where they're at and be reminded that, oh, this is all over, you know, yeah. and that there are connection yeah. coders right. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really fun to, to see that. Mm-hmm. And um, so I also was on a trip. That's for the right. last week, you know, wow. I went to California, busy. so yeah. I was in the sunshine yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I loved that trip because it's to a conference that I go to. This was my third time attending. And the last time I went was in 2020. Or, mm. Yep, 2020. And when I left that next week, the world shut down. Wow. So it was the very last thing I did before COVID hit. And I went to this conference as my moment of coming back into myself. Wow. Uh, my baby was one, and I had spent the last eight years just being a mom. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I need y'all to hear, I'm just going to say this one thing now. I love being a mom. I do. <laughs> but that is not my identity. It is mm-hmm. not something that I connect with deeply as a person, as a, as a mother. I love to work. I love growing businesses and talking with entrepreneurs and 
talking to couples about emotion. I just, I love having life outside of my home. It fuels me. And so it doesn't matter one way or another, which way you fall. There's no judgment here. But that event specifically, I went, it's like, okay, I'm coming back into myself. Mm, I'm a person again. I had new business cards. I had a new website, a new brand. And then the next week COVID hit. Wow. And I spent the next two years at home, um, solely care, caring for my kids. And it was such like my identity had shifted from the motherhood back to the businesswoman and now back forced into the motherhood role. And it was so dark and so difficult and so lonely. Mm. And it just, it reminded me of the newborn days of just like the loneliness in your home, caring for this baby and you're exhausted. And so when we received an email this last week from a girl saying, you know, I am in this season, I have three kids under five and I'm exhausted. Mm. I'm lonely. And I don't even Mm. know who I am anymore. I used to be someone that laughed. I used to be Mm. someone that was fun to be around I read that email, and if I could have found that woman, Mm. I would have, like, ran to her and just Mm. wrapped my body around her because Mm. I see her so deeply in that pain. Mm. And, of course, in the email, she's describing how this is affecting her marriage, her relationship, and she asked, is this a season or is there something bigger going on? And, um, of course I tell like, I can't, I don't know, you know, I I can't tell you that. Um, but I do understand being in that Mm. season Mm -hmm. of just like change and not recognizing yourself anymore. And so I was like, we've got to do a podcast about this because so many people relate to that. And I know there are a lot of moms that are relating to this, but this isn't the only time in life you go through an identity shift. There are multiple times and it's not all, it's also not exclusive to women, you know, that people are living their life one day and then boom, the next day you're a different person. You have a new title or you've lost a title that you used to have and you feel lost in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to talk about that. And even like, what is identity? What, what is our identity in us from like a scientific, a biological, a brain perspective? And why does it matter so much? Why does it make me go from feeling like I'm on top of the world to suddenly I feel like everything around me is on fire or like, I don't even know who I am. Yeah. Well, I do want to back up a bit. Just oh goodness, you should just interrupt me. Did I already interrupt you? <laughs> no, no, but you should if you oh. need to back up. Well, no, but I just want to make it abundantly clear. And we may have touched on this before. I can't remember. But um, what happens for a female in the whole parent process is infinitely, certainly different, but also more than what happens for a male. And I think we've done a poor job for centuries. Mm. This is not a new development of recognizing that. I was sitting with a group of pastors uh, recently, and one of the... <laughs> One of them said, and there was definitely a consensus, they said, if men went through what women go through with becoming a parent, each family would have one child max. <laughs> yeah. a, lot of par- a lot of families would never have a child because the dad would be like, I'm not doing that. Are you crazy? Uh, just what all it does, I mean, it wrecks your body. Mm. Uh, you know, I've never been pregnant, but I've been around some pregnant people. And the, the, the man contributes very, very little, and he enjoyed doing it, actually. Mm. Um, and then the woman is on this journey where mm. her whole body 
it, literally her physical body is going to change the hormone. I mean, there's so much that happens uh, for the female. And the pastors also said that uh, the species would probably die out within two generations uh, because it's, it's so challenging. I just think we have to recognize that yeah. more. And it's not that we're going to change it, but I do think we can drastically change how we support uh, young moms uh, and, and older moms, whatever, just to be there for them to go, okay, there's some stuff happening for you. And yeah. it's not because you're whatever messed up or broken. It's because you're human. Yeah. And these things are very real uh, for you. And you can't, you can't even walk the way you normally walk because you're eight months pregnant and your body mm-hmm. doesn't do what it's always done. And the guys over here going, what this, this, you know, parenting things, not that big of a deal. Well, it is for her. Yeah. And I don't care if it's the best dad in the world. What the mom does and contributes after the baby is born is drastically beyond. And again, I'm not talking about, I'm not dis- dissing uh, the dads of the world, but it just is. It's just different. There's something, and I, I personally think it's physiological because, you know, you carried this being inside of your body for mm-hmm. nine months. Right. And the man just can't quite relate the same way. Well, I also think it's because the kids, if the mom especially is home, which this mom particularly was, then they just, the mom is the go-to person, even right. if the dad is there. Yeah. So I was talking yeah. with a neighbor this week who she was in the middle of like doing something and her kid, like the dad was in the kitchen. The kid found the snack or whatever, went and found the mom throughout the house. It was like, hey, come help me with this thing. And she's like, your dad was standing mm-hmm. right next to you. Yeah. And you still came to find mm-hmm. me, you know? Yeah. And so that to have that as such a part of your daily moment to mm-hmm. life, like your needs yeah. feel like, okay, now it's all about what everybody else needs. And so the exhaustion level right. then just plays out into everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what is it about identity that makes you go from feeling like, okay, I've got this to now I am lost. Well, especially for young parents, this woman has never experienced this before. Again, mm-hmm. all the physical, physiological, biochemical uh, changes, adjustments, uh, etc., And her whole positioning in life is changing. When you, once you create this human what are you going to do with it now? You can't, and you, there's no break. It's 24 seven mm, yeah. as two mothers sitting here, you know that. And again, I'm not dissing men, but the best dad in the world never experiences that on the same level that the woman does. And this little kid is, you're responsible for him all the time. And yeah. There's never a break. So now your identity does shift where, what, how do I matter? Well, I matter in providing life for this little one. Well, I don't feel like doing that today or for this week. <laughs> Sorry. It's not an option. And that's brutal. Yeah. Uh, and it's ongoing. Well, take us back to just uh, kind of identity one-on-one. You know, that like the way that you teach it with just that that's our human need, like it's our number one human need. Right. Kind of go back, yeah. especially if we have new listeners that are not as familiar with yeah. just the right. definition of identity yeah. and you know, I, I love even the idea of the questions that are asked, do I exist? Because I think that the questions mm-hmm. even brings you to a place sometimes in life where you're like, 
I don't know right now if I exist mm. because all it doesn't seem to matter what my needs are because all the energy is being yeah. extend you know extended onto this whether it's being a new mom or whatever. So and this three month old is not very appreciative. Right does not convey to me how valuable I am to them. This three month sure. old, this six month old, which this I five believe, year old, this well, ten year old, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> but I think that's one of the reasons there needs to be a shift so that the the partner recognizes that, oh, okay, I've, I've got to really supplement that because, right. again, whatever, a five-year-old doesn't convey clear. And it's true. I mean, a five-year-old is not going, oh, Mom, it's unbelievable what you do for me <laughs> every day. Yeah. And you've done it for five years. Thank you. Thank you. They're not even aware right. that right. they don't notice. But I love, Phyllis, that you brought that up. One of the questions that – for identity that you ask yourself is, do I exist? And the answer to that question either gives you identity or you lose identity, how you answer that question. And so most people could think, oh, if I answer the question, do I exist? Like, obviously the answer is yes. Like I'm touching myself right now. Yes, I exist. But if you think about it, this woman, for example, her previous identity was as someone who laughs, someone mm. who's joyful, someone mm. who's able to to go with the flow and have a great time. And so now to see that, oh, I'm changing diapers every day. I'm constantly being belittled by mm. my children every day. Mm. So the, the me that I know, that I connect with, doesn't exist no. anymore. No. And so apply that even to, I read recently that a lot of... Um, entrepreneurs, when they reach their highest goal, like if their goal is to sell their company and they can sell it for a billion dollars, that next year of their life, they often say is the worst year Mm -hmm. of their life because they used to identify Mm -hmm. as the CEO or the founder or whatever of this company. So now when they ask themselves, do I exist? Well, no, the old Mm -hmm. you does not exist anymore. And so that is what at the core of a loss of identity is. If the person you identify as you don't see anymore, well, you've lost your identity. And losing your identity is... Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, Yeah, it's as desperate as losing oxygen. Mm. And you think about that, how, how long can you hold your breath before you just would freak, before you'd panic? And I think that's exactly what happens for people... Uh, and, and in many scenarios, which we're going to talk about some of those as well, but when a, a young woman becomes a mom, uh, it's a huge shift. And so she asks, you know, do I exist? Well, this six-year-old, this six-month-old doesn't convey to her, hey, mm-hmm. you matter. You have value uh, to me. Uh, and then when you throw in the question, am I good enough? I think, I don't like to speak in absolutes, I think every, probably every young parent, but certainly every young mom I've ever known doesn't know. Am yeah. I good enough? Am I doing mm-hmm. this right? I don't know. I'm making it again because it's 24-7. You don't do this as a hobby or part-time thing. It's always, am I doing it good enough? Am I adequate for this? And it's the big question mark at the end. You don't necessarily hear a no, but you don't hear a yes. And we need to be able to hear a yes. Well, I think there's, there is, you know, we're, right now we're speaking mostly about young moms. but the, So let's just dive more into that. But I think there's a judgment that we have as a society that says kind of like when you get pregnant and when you have a baby, you should just automatically be the best mom on the planet. Right. Like there's this expectation. There's, it's almost like, you know, amazing that we do very little to prepare 
women for being moms. It's almost like, well, you should just know. It should just be inside you. It should be mm. like everything. It it should just, you know, motherly instincts. I mean, we even have terminology that makes us think, oh, I should just love this, know this, feel super confident in this, shine in this. Mm. And so then when we don't, we definitely think there's something wrong right with us and and you know we don't even factor in yes as you mentioned Glenn just that it wrecks our bodies and then we have to figure that one out mm. we have to all of a sudden be aware of that after the fact you know as far as after we given birth then even that lack of sleep or how to teach our babies to sleep like mm. there's these things that just don't naturally come along. And so right. if we don't have a community support, mm, if yeah. we don't have a network of family or friends yeah. that are walking along beside us, that are pouring into us during this early, especially the early season, we can feel extremely lonely and yeah. lost in it. And then it's like we get, even with all of that, I just think about becoming emotionally imbalanced. Like we don't know how to find ourselves again. We don't know how yeah. to find that person that we were because you can be that person that you were and be a, a new person, like be a mom, be, you know, go into a different season. Yeah. But it, you got to figure that one out. You got to figure out how can I still find myself in all of this? I, I do agree with that completely. When you're in a healthy place, mm. I think that when you're in the depths of it, and you don't have tools, it is really hard to believe that you can be, become that person again. And um, also, yes, yeah, support, but having the right support. So I even think, because you asked the question, um, the, the three questions are, do I exist? Do I am matter? I, do I matter? Yeah. Am I good enough? Those are the two questions. Do I matter? And am I good enough? Okay. So for me, I think back to, when it comes to the, do I matter? I even who so much shame in admitting this. I was like 18 when my sister had her first baby and she was a young mom. And the joke and that a lot of people say to new moms, whenever they have a baby is we come over. Oh, I don't care about seeing you. I just want to see the baby. Mm. Or they walk in the door. I can remember walking the door to places, but, but where's the baby? Mm. And so we are constantly reiterating you don't matter wow. constantly. Mm. And, um, and I think we're all guilty to at some point mm. that at, for some people when they're desperate to be like, I, do I matter? Do I matter? Mm. You know, suddenly you don't matter anymore. You don't feel mm. like you matter anymore. And am I good enough whenever you have lived a certain way for so long and now mm. you're suddenly cleaning poop all the time. Mm. Am I good enough? My main job is to clean up poop. And, or I was the CEO of this company and now I'm just yeah. like going on walks. Am I good enough anymore? It, those questions is so hard to flip that switch and convince yourself like, oh yeah, I still am that person or I can still be that person. Right. Um, especially when you feel like the world is telling you otherwise. Yeah. And I think that's a very significant thing. Uh, and I get it. Every situation is unique and you have to figure out how to navigate that. But I don't think that we should just assume, okay, you gave birth to this baby. Therefore, now you are a stay at home mom. Maybe, maybe not. And there are more and more stay at home dads and, you know, they tag team or whatever. 
But to not say it's a one-size-fits-all, there's some, Phyllis was a stay-at-home mom. She loved it, and that worked great for us. But that doesn't mean it would for everybody. But we kind of pre-mold people, and we go, well, this is the mold, and you have to fit into that right. uh, now. And to not have that, not even expectation, but requirement. And culturally, we kind of have that this is your life, this is your lot, and if you don't like it, too bad for you. Right. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I do wonder for someone that is in the midst of that, what can they do to, can you regain identity? Can, how, how do you overcome those moments of when you are asking yourself, am I good enough and do I matter? And for you, those answers are no, depending on where you think you should be, who you think you should be. Um, how, how can someone process that moment? What does that look like? And how do they get to the other side yeah. of that? Well, that's one of my, um, and this will be annoying for some people to hear, but uh, that's one of my great concerns about the, uh, th- there's so many psychologists in the last several decades have talked about self-actualization and that you just basically learn to live as an island. You're just so evolved. You're so something, I don't know what, so spiritual, so enlightened that you no longer need other people. We're not designed for that. That is a non-human thing. For those who allegedly have done it, more power to you, I guess. I don't know. That's not me, and it's not the vast, 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 maybe close to 100% of people that I know. We need relationships. We need community. We need teamship. So I would suggest that they, whoever that individual is has to get into a scenario uh, which I didn't get that, I didn't even understand the concept of it until I was about 50. Uh, I've probably shared before that one day Phyllis said, babe, why do you pursue relationships with people that don't want relationship with you? And I thought that I was married to Jezebel. That It, it sounded horrible that she <laughs> wow. said that. I'm like, oh, that, well, that's what we do. That's what we're supposed to do, especially because we're faith-based people. That's what Christians do. And she's like, no, no, no. This Well, I'd spent nearly half a century. That's stunning to me to think, wait, what? I'd always expended all my time and energy on people who were never going to be kind to me, who were never going to see me, who were never going to be present and safe for me. So I was discombobulated all the time. Just, I mean, literally day to day, week, month, year, uh, continuously. And now I hang out with people who like me. They know that I'm quirky. Uh, They are able to gently giggle at my stuff and they're kind to me. And to this day, I'm still startled by that. When I'm around people who like me, and I think most of them are serial killers, I really don't understand because I'm not used to that even yet. I mean, I'm 61 now. I still, it feels weird to me because what I always did, including my family of origin, I was always around people who did not see me, who were not kind to me. And it still feels odd. But everybody needs teamship. Everybody needs community and I don't know that it's doable. Again, some of the modern thinking goes, oh, yeah, you, you don't need anybody. So just all within yourself. That's not the human setup. We are designed to have that with other people. So I would just suggest people get desperate. Um, Phyllis and I have always, we've missed on a ton of things, but that's one of the things we've really been good at is we are going to find people uh, that we can uh, connect with. Uh, even when we did it poorly, that was still very much our mindset. You know, you mentioned, um, Tira, just like, what are the tools? What do we do when we get to this place in life where, because I think about it personally, not from being a young mom, but 
uh, in 2020, I sold my company. And, you know, if you talk to entrepreneurs or just even, I I would say it's kind of like maybe even falls under common sense where people go, oh, wow, what a dream. You build a company and you sell a company. That sounds like a dream. That sounds like everyone's dream. Well, I guess on paper that's true, but what I wasn't prepared for was the silence that followed mm. immediately, like immediately. And, you know, it's interesting because we've, we've started this podcast talking about like new moms or having, you know, what what is it like to have that baby? And I think in some ways, you know, even leading up to the being pregnant and you're just like, can't wait, you just can't wait, you just can't wait till the day the baby's born. And, and I get that. I mean, I, we definitely felt that way every time we had four, mm. but it's like when the baby comes, it's mind blowing how all of a sudden everything changes, like right. overnight, everything changes. And even the, the, all of a sudden that, you know, that little human needs you mm. and you, you can't any longer just walk away from that. You can't just go to sleep for the next eight hours. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. This little human (laughs) needs you, and you're not going to get eight hours of sleep. And so there's a drastic change that happens in that. And, you know, going back for me in 2020 when I sold my company, like the next day, the silence, it was crazy. And I was not prepared for that. Like I felt... um, it took, I didn't even know what was happening in a sense. And now looking back, I think, okay, I should have set myself up better. Like I see that I should have, uh, kind of now I would give you a list. Like for one, I should have, um, taken time off and celebrated the, the selling of the company. Like I should have seen it as an opportunity, like, okay, spend the next month, whatever, you know, at the beach or on a cruise or, you know, in the mountains or whatever. But I didn't like, I tried to just immediately keep the same pace and jump into something else. And that did not come out well. Yeah. And just to specify the specifics of that, um, you know, Phyllis would get, you know, pick a number, you know, 38 emails or texts or whatever a day, uh, that she's just constantly being given identity that, Hey, you matter, you exist, you have value, you have significance here and you're good enough because we need you, you know, from clients, from uh, her people, from her managers, uh, they're constantly turning to her and literally in one day it stopped. She went from, I don't know what the number is, but she went from 40 messages a day to zero. Uh, and then also she had an app on her phone that every time she, a payment came in, it went cha-ching. Uh, and so all day long, uh, and I love what, um, uh, Rabbi Levine says that um, a dollar bill is a certificate of appreciation. Mm. So she's being given these certificates of appreciation all day long. Yeah. You know, she might get, who knows what, you know, 5, 10, 15 payments a day. And so, and then in one day, it stops. And so literally, her her psyche has been trained that, oh, all day long she's hearing cha-ching, cha-ching. Oh, you matter. You have value. You have significance. You contribute something to my life. Your company cleans my house. And whew, I appreciate that, you know. And that literally stopped. We had no concept that that was going to be a thing. It didn't even occur mm-hmm. to us yeah. that that's going to... And I, uh, number one, wasn't aware. Number two, totally missed it with her. 
And the, you say you didn't take a break. It was about, I gave you 20 minutes mm-hmm. uh, before I wanted her to jump in with the connection codes because I was super excited. Things were, you know, evolving and developing so fast. And I was just flooded with joy all the time. So I completely missed that, oh, this human is experiencing not joy, 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 joy like I was experiencing. She's experiencing a whole different thing. And I'm like tapping her on the shoulder like, babe, hey, come on. This is amazing. You know, and I just completely oblivious that, oh, this is a big life shift for her. I'm thinking she's just going to dive into the Connection Codes world and, you know, we'll live happily ever after. And so I totally missed that all that was happening with her. But that was a big, big thing for you. Yeah, it was. And I, you know, I think as far as, you know, with our listeners, you know, we're, we're talking about kind of two specific type situations. But if we all slow down and think, okay, when are there major shifts in our life yep. that changes the identity of who we have been? Right. It could be something as simple as moving from one house to another or moving cities or moving jobs or, you know, adding to your family right. and getting and married, getting married. Like there's going off to school or, you know, graduating. Like, uh, we have a granddaughter right now that is a senior in high school. And so she only has whatever it is, six weeks left. And, you know, it, it is such a tough year for mm. seniors because they're they're in a sense under so much pressure to finish this well, and they know it's the end. Like yeah. it it is this. You're supposed to be excited, but yet there's so much sadness because you are you know all this routine, all these friends, all right. the activities. It's mm-hmm. all about to be over. Yeah. And then there's the pressure of well, what are you going to do the rest of your life? Right. What's you're going to college? Where are you going? What's your major? Pressure, pressure, pressure. And a lot of teenagers crumble under that pressure. And you may know stories of that. Or you may, as a listener, you may have teenagers who are approaching, you know, are they in their senior year? They're approaching their senior year. It is the identity thing. You know, for so long they've been a student and they're about to no longer be that student Mm. in that high school where they've been very confident and comfortable. And it's scary. And there's so much emotion. And I think about that with just, the tools, like having the, to me, the most powerful tool is the core emotion wheel Mm. of being able to really constantly figure out what's happening with me, what's happening with me. And I know that when I sold my company, there was this expectation, I think all around me that everyone, I think assumed joy would be the only emotion I'd be experiencing. Right. And that was not it. And so for me to be able to tune into myself and go, Whoa, what's happening and to realize, well, yeah, there is a lot of sadness in saying goodbye to that chapter yeah. of my life. Yeah. And there's a lot of fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure of what I my role was going to be wow. with the connection codes. I wasn't even sure that I wanted that. And so there's just a lot of things of constantly being able to say, what's happening with me? Mm-hmm. What is happening? And to allow yourself to slow down to figure it out. And yeah. so, you know, back to the young mom the email, because I think her question was, is this, I think, is this normal or is, is this, this a, a season? season or is there something? Bigger? Yeah. And I think often it's like, I would confidently say it is a season yeah. and you are okay. You're mm-hmm. going to be okay. Like, but to realize what you're going through. Yeah, that is something. And you may have voices around that are actually questioning, like, well, you should yeah. be happy. Right. right. You now have a baby. You should be happy. You sold your company. Yeah. Instead of realizing like, well, 
that is such judgment. Like that is instead yeah. of having compassion mm. for yourself and having people in your life that are also compassionate, like, yeah. oh, I get it. Like, yeah, this is a new season and new seasons are difficult. And you, you do have to figure out mm. who am I now in this season yeah. of life? Yeah. And I was about to say that just that we assume that good things happening don't bring stress. They do. Yeah. And they need to be processed uh, because and that's, of course, that's the connection code protocol following the energy. We so often resist people's energy because we're like, what? You, you sold your company. Mm-hmm. Joy, joy, joy. This is a fabulous thing. Well, it is. But that doesn't mean that you're not feeling fear. That doesn't mean that you're not feeling pain. You are. No, 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 you can't because this is all good. You know, you had a baby. That's so fantastic. Everything's great. Well, yes, it's not. And, and I think that happens for, for a lot of people that... They think that they're being ungrateful if they don't just, uh, well, if they are authentic and if they go, I feel a lot of pain in this. And so then people are like, what? You shouldn't be feeling pain. And they judge themselves as well. It's like, what's the matter with me? I should just be happy, happy, happy. And it's not true. Uh, We can experience all eight core emotions at the same time about the exact same uh, thing. And there, yeah, there may be joy in it, but there's also pain and fear. Right. uh, Lots of other stuff too. Wow. I, uh. I have a small tangent. I'm probably going to go down here in just a second. Um, But I'm glad you brought that up about high school. I wept walking across Mm. the stage, getting my diploma in high school. Wow. Like wept. I was class president. I was in every single club you could be in. The janitors had to open the doors for me in the morning and unlock them at times to let me out. And I was very involved, had so many friends. And yeah, it was a huge shift. And then also... Right after we got married, Wes was working for a church at the time, and I was known as Wes's wife. That was my mm. name. People would say, wow. oh, you're Wes's wife. You're Because he's so loved. He's yeah. loved every room he walks mm-hmm. into. Mm-hmm. And I can remember just like laying in the bed one night and just being like, I don't want to be Wes's wife. Mm-hmm. Like I am Tira, and that's who I want to be known for. I am now proud to be Wes's wife, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah. But I... Want, I didn't expect that identity shift. I didn't mm-hmm. expect to lay yeah. in my bed yeah. and think, I will forever only be known as Wes's mm-hmm. wife. Like, no one is ever going to see me wow. again. Mm-hmm. And then that happened again with kids. And mm-hmm. then losing my business. I didn't lose my Wes Storks in our business. Mm-hmm. But me losing my role in our business. Yeah. And so there are just there's so many shifts mm-hmm. in life. I'm glad that you brought up a list of things that people can experience. Mm-hmm. But here is... Here's my tangent. Sorry. Well, I don't I think I've ever... No, I don't think I've ever done hey, a tangent what? on our podcast. Okay. My problem is... And I don't know that I shouldn't say it's a problem. But I think we all walk into situations where we know other people struggled. But we want to think, oh, this isn't going to be me. Mm-hmm. So then when it is us, we are so caught off guard. And mm-hmm. we're so alone in it that... It, it just makes it even even worse. I can remember um, getting married and our premarital counselors who we loved and they loved us and they were trying to live raw life with us and me just sitting there thinking, yeah, that's y'all's problems. Mm. We're not going to have that problem because I know him. You know, like mm. we, I know everything about this man and I can't wait to have sex with him every single day. You know, <laughs> like I was so freaking cocky. Mm. And so then when things get hard, 
I'm like, well, you just said cocky and hard. (laughs) You know, that's what she said. That's what she said. But I I was just like so naive to think that I would have the same struggles Mm. that every other couple struggles with. Mm. And it just made it so much more lonely when I was having Mm. them because then I thought, well, we're broken. Wow. Instead of being able to tune in and listen to what other people experience, Mm. I also hear a lot of young moms who they're like, why didn't anyone tell us Mm. dot, dot, dot. Mm. And I'm like, girl, we've been telling you, you didn't want to hear it. (laughs) You know, Mm. you didn't want to hear how hard this was because there's also that, just tell me the positive stuff. Like don't make it so negative Mm. all the time. We're not trying to be negative. We're trying to help you for when that identity shifts happen. Mm. You know that this happens to everyone that you will come out on the other side and that we're here for you when it does happen. And it's it's just so painful because right now we talk a lot about marriage and the difficulties that marriage can bring when outside life affects it, especially. And I know we have listeners that are like, well, we, we're not going to experience that. Mm. Well, guess what? One day your kids are going to leave your house. Yeah, right, yeah. And one day you are going to retire from your job. Yeah. And you are going to walk through a season of feeling lonely mm. And mm-hmm. sad and disconnected from who you are. Yeah. So we want you to have these tools before right, you get there. Right. And that's my great concern. And I did want to mention um, just the, the uh, one footnote on that. It's amazing the data, I can't quote it off the top of my head, but how many people, and probably men more than women, when they, when they retire, how many of them die within the next mm-hmm. two years? Because they have been this thing, this role, this whatever, for 25, 30, 35, 40 years, and their whole identity is wrapped up in that. And then that's gone. And again, overnight, it's gone. He retired, whatever, on a Friday. And then the next Monday, who is he? What, what is he? What does he do? And the data is staggering as far as how many people literally die. And it's not from old age. Uh, it, they die because their whole psyche gets dysregulated and messed up and, and they don't know what to do. But as you're saying, Tira, you know, our goal is to help people process this minute by minute, which is what we're designed to do as humans. Of course, if you watch babies, if you watch little kids, that's what they do. They never wait until 7 p.m. at night and go, okay, mom, you know, this two-year-old, you know, I'm, let's sit down now and process through what happened for me today. Nope. All the time, even 3 o'clock in the morning, they let you know, well, that's what we're designed to do. And I get it. We're grown up. Sometimes we have situations we're stuck. Uh, but that's the goal is that we're processing in the minute when it happens because, and I don't know, you know the whole story of this woman that sent in the email, she's probably so far behind in processing and what we call the emotional dam. And that dam is going to have to burst. It's going to burst at some point in one way or the other. Uh, and hopefully it will be in a safe space where whether her partner, her family, whoever are there for her and she can just vomit on the table and then stay up to the minute in processing because that's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to let stuff build up, build up, build up, and then we're overwhelmed. And we're so. And I think most people live so far behind right. in processing. And then, fellas, it's nice to do that. You know, uh, we'd wait, 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 and then, you know, twice a year we'd have this big, knockdown drag out something well where i'm trying to process something that happened five and a half months ago phyllis doesn't even remember it happening right and i was so wounded by that thing well i'm so far behind at that point i mean you still have to do it but 
this is the reason we say when an emotional damn burst, we say to the other, just hold on for dear life because it's yeah. going to get nasty here for a bit. And oftentimes that's just minutes. It's not uh, an hour and a half or a day and a half. It's literally two, three, four, five minutes that the person is going to have to gush here. Right. I, you know, I think the, the like for myself, going back to what I experienced in 2020, it was, it's, you know, it's being able to be kind of transparent with what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I think that in situations you may find yourself kind of thinking, well, everyone around me, almost like you have this, um, I don't know if it's a set of rules or expectations, like everyone that I see always says, whatever it is, you should be experiencing joy. You know, you just had a new baby. You should be experiencing Mm. joy. You just sold your company. You should be experiencing joy. And it's the whole should, 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 should. And to go, wow, those mess me up so much. Mm. Because in reality, what you're going through is what you're going through. Like there, there is so much about that where I can just go, well, I'm really struggling. I'm struggling with a lot of sad. And I know even in talking it through often with Glenn, it was like hard for him to relate in Mm. any way because he was on Mm. joy level nine Mm -hmm. all the time. And I was pretty much in the sad realm all the time. Yeah. And so it was like we were looking at life very differently and it just didn't make any sense to him. And I I just had to keep saying it. I just Mm. had to keep showing up for myself and go, I just feel sad. And I learned that, I learned how to cope with that in the sense of I would, I would say the emotion, but then I also knew I need to get outside. And so Glenn would often, I would say to him, I'm just feeling sad. And then he would see me putting on my rubber boots because we live out, we have a land and, um, I would pull it on my rubber boots and I would go out into the woods. And like I, prior to 2020, I don't know that I'd ever been mm. in our woods. Like, I don't think you knew we had woods. I, well, I could see them in the distance. <laughs> I knew we had woods, but I never went in our woods. Yeah. And that became my lifeline. And mm. I think that's important too. Whatever you're going through is to realize you need a lifeline and you need to figure out what it is. Yeah. And instead of resisting it and thinking, no, I should be okay. Mm. Don't, don't do that to yourself. Don't give yourself the, I should be thankful. I should be grateful. I should be full of joy. I should, I should, I should just stop and go, I am in a season of sad. And, you know, and then to go, okay, what am I going, what is a lifeline for me? And for me, it was literally being outside. And I remember March of 2021 is when I finally got to that place where I just had to say to everyone, I don't know. And that was for me huge to go, I don't know what I want my next chapter to look like. I don't know that I want to take on the role of CEO of Connection Codes. I don't know. And and yes, did I feel some shame in that? Mm. Absolutely. Because everyone had always said, oh, you would just be the best mm. because I was the CEO of my previous company. Yeah. But I realized I didn't know. And so to be able to say that and give everyone a, I need some time. And I spent the month of March of 2021, uh, doing all of our landscaping. And we have a lot, we have 11 Mm. acres and it's a lot of landscaping. And I was like, so if you want me or see me or you need me, I'm outside. 
And I, for weeks, for the month of March, I was outside and it brought life back into my body, my bones, my heart, my spirit. And then I figured it out. I'm like, okay, I'm, I want to stay in this. I I want this to be the next chapter of my life. I'm not sure about the CEO part, but I want to be in it. And I, it was like, I wasn't on top of the world at the end of March. Yeah. But I, I could see clearly which direction right. I wanted to go in. Yeah, and I do huge. want to mention that because it's so important that we recognize every human is unique. Because I remember when you first said that, that, oh, I'm just going to do all of our own landscaping. Because I'm thinking you're going to go, okay, I'm going to go on a you know a 15-day cruise or something. And then you said, do all the landscaping. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's the worst idea ever. But that was what worked for you. If somebody right. told me that I had to do that, I'd be like, oh, I, I give up. I quit. I'll, I'll be in my bed curled up in the fetal position. Uh, but that's what worked for you. And, yeah. and you know, back to this email for this woman to go, okay, what brings me energy? Uh, what stabilizes me? What right. brings me peace? What helps me to be able to handle the next day? And whatever that is, that's what you have to figure out uh, and to recognize, again, the positive experiences are not necessarily positive results. Right. And if you sell your company, have a baby, get married, whatever, uh, you may not experience, uh, yes, it's a positive experience, but you're also going to have a whole bunch of other stuff happening and you need to process it in the moment as soon as it happens. Don't let that build up for weeks uh, and months. Right. I totally agree. And I think that before we go into doing the core emotion wheel for today's episode, it's looking at what's about to happen in your life, having some preparation before you go into a season of change. Like if you know, okay, I'm retiring in the next six months to a year and you haven't either done the foundations course or booked a session with a therapist, Mm -hmm. like now's probably a great time to go ahead and do it. Um, If you know any of the, any of the things that Phyllis mentioned, graduating, getting married, like there are reasons that you need to prepare. There are seasons that we prepare for. And being proactive in that will save you Mm. so much pain. I'm not saying that there still won't be sadness, that there still won't be pain, but you will have the tools at your reach in a better way Mm -hmm. where you're able to process and walk through that pain without going into a black hole. Mm. Right. You know? Yeah. And... Don't, you can sit here and think again, this is back to my tangent. Oh no, I'm excited to retire. Mm. Well, I'm sure Phyllis was excited to sell her company when she got that check. We're all excited to have Mm -hmm. a baby, but that doesn't mean that when our identity shifts, that we can't get lost even in the joy and the excitement. Yeah. So definitely encourage you to do that. And now we close out each episode by doing our core emotion will, which is our proven tool to learn how to regulate these emotions, how we process the emotion. And what it does is it teaches us how to identify them within our body and what it feels like. We do it every day that way. When those moments hit, then you can process it in that moment. When you're changing that baby's diaper, you say, (laughs) fear. I have fear that this baby is going to poop again in three minutes. (laughs) You can go ahead and just process it instead of letting all of those moments build up until your partner walks in the door and you are exploding or crashing with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So So good. good. Okay. Can we do an issue specific wheel about your life transition when you sold your company? Sure. We haven't done that in a while. Okay. I'll go first then. Uh, Definitely feel anger that I did not take Mm. time off. 
um, felt uh, sad that we didn't even have a retirement party. Mm. Um, just mm, probably felt hurt too in um, that you were not aware of me or yeah. of that time and that you were so pushing towards mm-hmm. connection code, so excited, anxious for me to get started on that. So felt some hurt in that. Um, lonely, whew, that was a big one. Mm. Uh, didn't just knocked upside the head with lonely because of losing all of the contacts yeah. Yeah. just overnight with my clients and my workers. Um, joy, uh, yeah, tremendous joy of the victory of mm. being able to sell a company. There's never a guarantee <laughs> When sure. you build a company, that you're going to be able to sell the company. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, some shame in just have not knowing. Like I, sh- I've really, I mean, even Tira mentioned a second ago. Like I did not prepare myself mm-hmm. for well, what was coming. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't slow down enough for that. So feel some shame in that. Mm-hmm. Um, probably guilt and shame both in that. Like just did not. Did I, I don't even remember ever talking to anyone like, hey, what is it like? I didn't pursue someone who had sold their company to say, what was it mm. like after? Oh, didn't prepare myself at yeah. all. Um, did I go through all of them? I lost track. Yeah. I think I did. Pretty yeah. close. Yeah. Yeah, for me, lots of guilt that I just missed mm. so badly on that. Uh, and, of course, there's a reason we say that joy is not good or bad, right or wrong, positive or negative. It just is. Mm. And I was so flooded with joy that I was oblivious to what was wow. happening with my partner. Just yeah. missed it uh, so badly. Uh, some shame in that too. Just a thing it I needed to, you needed a better version of mm. Glenn and I yeah. just wasn't there for you. Not from a bad heart. I was mm. excited and thrilled about you. And that's a weird dichotomy too, because like I was so excited about being there with you mm-hmm. that I didn't even notice that I wasn't there for you. Right. That right. sounds a little bit poetic somewhere in there. Um, Anger at that, just to, dang it, I, I could have been there better for you. Mm. Uh, and, and I want to be that uh, always for you, but certainly the next mm. time, whatever the next time uh, is. Uh, lots of joy. I mean, you kicked it. My gosh. Certainly selling the company, but what you did, uh, of course, I was in business for years and never, ever reached near the echelons mm. that you did. And I had some training and you had none other than just what's inside of you. Yeah. Just, you're so amazing at handling stuff. I always marvel uh, at that. Uh, I think there was a lot of fear for me because mm. I was watching you going, what the heck's happening? I thought she'd be high-fiving and, you know, yeah, throwing confetti. And instead, mm-hmm. I was like, where is she? What's, what's, and mm-hmm. then I'd see you up in the woods, up you know, outside <laughs> with the, like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? She's working like crazy. You know, she's mm. working six hours in the dirt is the I felt a lot of fear that this was actually bad for you. Mm. It was actually uh, really good for you, but I didn't know. Uh, where am I? I've lost there. Oh, um, Lonely. some loneliness in that because yeah. I just didn't know what to do. I, I wasn't right. sure how to connect with you, how to be there uh, for you. And I felt a lot of sadness about that because, again, I thought this is going to be high fives all around, and mm. instead she's really struggling uh, out mm-hmm. there. Uh, I don't know that there was any hurt, not that I may, – maybe – some hurt in that at some point. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, I, I can't even remember. Is that all eight? I think I've got them all. I think so. Anger, I did anger, yeah. So, 
Uh, I just love it. Again, back to joy. There's just so much joy that we navigated that, not perfectly mm-hmm. by any means, but uh, having the tools, we were able to keep being nudged back right. uh, with each other, with the tools themselves, and also with those around us to find out what was happening with us. Yeah. yeah cool. So good. Thank you. I actually think that that's such a great example, y'all doing that specific issue will. Mm-hmm. For someone, if you've gone through a major life shift, you know, if, if you've lost a parent that that's also if you've mm-hmm. lost your partner wow. like yep. that's an identity shift mm-hmm. um so if you've experienced an identity shift and you've not done an issue specific will together mm-hmm. about that moment i highly encourage mm-hmm. you to yeah. because i i believe that this is still something that affects today oh it does it's it's yeah. not something that th- those seasons don't just last for a couple of weeks right mm-hmm. you know right. for me, mm-hmm. because I we chose to have four kids, holy moly, <laughs> that lasted for a decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I am just waking up to myself again. Mm-hmm. And it is definitely something that takes time. And you can go back and find that connection mm-hmm. through it yeah. and see each other. Yeah. So I definitely encourage you to do so. And if you're like, well, how do I get this core emotion? Well, what, mm-hmm. what is this? You can go to our website, connectioncodes.co forward slash podcast, and that is where you can download our core emotion wheel as well as the instructions and a video on how to do it because there's been extensive research and how you're supposed to do it correctly. Mm. Because like with any tool, you can it be- can become a weapon mm. if you're not using it correctly. So mm. definitely connectioncodes.co forward slash podcast. And I want to read today a review because I want to do this every episode because we are so, so grateful mm, for our reviews, absolutely. but I just don't ever, I feel guilt. I'm not prepared usually. Mm. So this is from Lashani. These tools have changed my life and it has transformed my marriage. If you apply these tools, I can promise it will for you too. I'm grateful to the connection codes mm. team and I'm forever, ever grateful. Wow. Thank you so much for that mm. review and for everyone who has left us a review mm. Truly, those help us in the algorithm get our podcast more well known, mm-hmm. where we can have guests, where Dr. Glenn and Phyllis can guest on other people's podcasts. And it is just truly, truly helpful. So it doesn't matter if it's Spotify or iTunes, please leave a review. And we are so grateful. And we have just a couple more minutes. So there's something special I want to point out today. Mm. Yesterday, Dr. Glenn and Phyllis was the three year anniversary of your very first webinar. Oh, wow. Cool. Wow. Happy anniversary. So if some of you don't know how the connection codes became, what what you know it as today, three years ago, Dr. Glenn and Phyllis were supposed to go to San Diego to our friend Brian Harris's retreat. He owns an incredible marketing company, and he was going to have them come out and share the connection codes with his team and his staff. Well, COVID hit and they could no longer go out. And so Brian said, do you mind if we take this online? And they're like, well, what does that mean to take it online? (laughs) And he said, well, let's do a webinar. They're like, well, what's a webinar? And Brian coached Dr. Glenn and Phyllis on how to use Zoom Mm -hmm. and how to teach these tools to the world. And he approached them and said, but do you mind now if I invite some of my friends mm. as well? You know, now that it's going to mm. not limited to people, can I invite my friends? And they said, yes. And Wes and I were lucky enough to mm. be in that first group of people 
to learn that webinar Mm -hmm. live. And we would watch on our front porch (laughs) during COVID. Mm -hmm. And um, it is just from there, you did multiple webinars. Every month you were doing webinars. You did one on sex, which we were also in the first sex group, Mm. Um, parenting. And then now we've taken that webinar and we've made it a, a class that people can access anytime. You can go right now and download this class and learn these tools. Mm-hmm. And I want to say first, thank you. Mm. Thank y'all for saying yes to him because I know that was scary, you know, to step out and to do a Zoom call when you didn't even know how to use Zoom. And he would say, well, hit this button. And Dr. Glenn would be live trying to find the button. <laughs> And, um, and you were going through these identity shifts and yeah. Phyllis, that's when COVID had shifted your business and oh, you were yeah. so vulnerable about that. Mm-hmm. We connected so deeply to that. And I will say that COVID was the darkest season for so many of us. Yeah. Um, but I feel so grateful that I got those tools when I did, because I truly think that learning those, when I learned them, helped me survive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's helped me like now wake up to myself, but the person I'm waking up to is a a fuller, wholer version of myself. And that's all because y'all were willing to to step out and share this with the world. And so three years ago was the first time I ever saw your faces. (laughs) And in that moment, I knew I want to know them and I want to work with them. And now here we are. Wow. And so it's just so exciting to me. And I thank y'all and I thank Brian and just feel so, so lucky. I feel like I'm on the insiders club (laughs) because I was in the first cohort, you know, now I'm like an extra insider, but I, uh, it's really, really special. So if you are part of one of the first webinars that Dr. Glenn and Phyllis did, we're so glad that you're still here and on this journey with us. And we would love to hear from you. Send us an email and let me know how the Connection Codes has impacted your life. Like I, we love to hear testimonials for people and um, it really just inspires us to keep going. So thank y'all so much. And y'all did that that night. You got on live, even though it was so much fear because. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was just basking in all that. Because <laughs> you need this. You deserve this. So, so let's, let's do, do this. this. Let's do this.